another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And we have officially crossed over. When we start, when we left last week, we closed the doors on Camp Dynasty, shut it up for the night. It was not officially draft season, Colin. And today, you wake up, you open it up, and the sun shines a little brighter because it's Senior Bowl week, which means the draft season has officially begun. Yeah, the beauty of the program is that it's always draft season at Camp <laughs> Dynasty. But once everybody else kind of gets involved and you hear the buzz and you get the Senior Bowl, you get you know all, all the... The guys kind of showing off. They'll get pro days. We'll get combine. We'll get everything down the road here, and it all starts with the Senior Bowl. This is what it's all about, man. I mean, we're we're no longer just the psychos like sitting in the corner like spewing twenty twenty four draft names in like September. You know, like now everybody cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. It's a very exciting time. Camp Dynasty is born because of a love of Dynasty, but also a love of the NFL draft. So this is one of, you know, it it is the best time of the year as far as I'm concerned. This stretch run that, you know, takes us through all those things you just listed off up until the NFL draft when these players that are going to be factoring in for our Dynasty teams in, you know, less than a year now, they all wind up in the NFL. So, We are going to celebrate the beginning of this 2024 draft season by going through the Senior Bowl rosters. It is Senior Bowl week. Like I said, measurements were coming in today, some of which were very illuminating in both directions on the spectrum, but we'll get into some of that today. But how we're going to do this to make it a little bit interesting for everybody and for ourselves is instead of just running through each position group and saying, I kind of like this player, we're going to turn this into a draft because it's draft season, so why not kick it off with a draft of the Senior Bowl rosters? We will each be drafting one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and two IDPs. Yeah, we're going to... You know, bring in a little bit of competition in here. You know, oh, you took my guy. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta stand on something and you know get on the soapbox to defend your picks. Maybe it makes it a little more interesting than just running through and being like, you know what, I kind of like uh, Johnny Wilson. You know, big guy. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of like him, but let's move on. No, we're gonna turn this into a draft, and I gotta say, well, first and foremost. The wide receivers. We're yes. not going to have any problem picking three of those. There's yeah. going to be more than we can hang on to in this group. It's one of the best groups of any skill position at the Senior Bowl that I can remember. I, I can't remember one that was better. So, I mean, it's it's loaded in that department. Now, the other position groups to varying levels – not quite up to that standard that these wide receivers have set. And even more so after some news that has been trickling in as we got closer and closer to the start time for this podcast, which is that a lot of names that I had my eye on for our upcoming draft here have 
decided to not participate in this year's senior bowl with, with, we know that this happens every year, you know, guys get advised, like maybe, you know, sit this one out circumstances happen in some cases, you know, injuries, there's less names than I was hoping for. And a few categories are a little bit weaker than I was hoping for, but we're still going to make it work. And there's still plenty of names here to, that are relevant and, and interesting, intriguing at this point in time. Kids these days, man, <laughs> scared to compete in the, in the senior bowl. I saw somebody say, now we're treating the senior bowl like it's just any other bowl, I guess. Yeah. So everybody pulls out. No, yeah, guys are getting ready for the draft. I mean, agents and you know the people that are going to end up making the money are advising them what they should do, and uh, you know they'll be missed, but we got a, a decent group of guys regardless. Yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about. Varying levels of this class. We'll have some early guys. We'll have some mid-round guys. And we'll have some deep sleepers already to talk about today. So with all of that said, let's kick things off. And I'm going to do this in real time. Nice. No funny business. Well, you're Although doing it on a computer, it so is a it's funny yeah. business. <laughs> I can see you typing right now. No, <laughs> don't worry about be. it. Look, Don't look at my hands. I'm... Trying to get a coin over here. Uh, what am I typing? Typing in heads, coin, Google images, and then you know, share your screen. See, that, this is the thing about this. It's it's always tails on the computer. That's why I hate this thing. So, so I won. You did win, and I okay. don't know why you hate the computer so much when you literally always win. Well, I won like six in a row with the real coin. That's why. <laughs> All right. Well, you have the first pick. There are no rules here. You can pick any position that you'd like. There's, you know, maybe a strategy in play here. I don't know. So you tell me who is the first pick in this Senior Bowl watch list draft. Okay. Um, I I don't know if there's a, a good strategy to go here, and I don't think dipping into the deepest position group first is the best strategy. Uh, but I'm going to take Lad McConkey first overall because he's just like the senior bowl guy this year. That's how I feel. I mean, we, we've we kind of mentioned him in passing uh, over the season here at Camp Dynasty. But I think he's, you know, a little underrated because, you know, Georgia doesn't pass a lot. Uh he looks a little funny out there. He's lanky, you know, whatever. But, I mean, he's a solid route runner, and he's really good after the catch. And I think that he's got the type of skill set that will be getting shared on Twitter from the one-on-ones because, you know, the, those are not – those are just set up for the corners to fail. You got to defend like a third of the field against guys that can run whatever routes that they want. And McConkey's a good route runner. So he's just, I feel like, going to get a little bit of a boost from this senior bowl process. Yeah, that's always a big part of it. Any receiver that's twitchy, that can run good routes, get off the line quickly, they're set up for success in this environment. We see this every year. We saw it last year with players that literally, I mean, 
elevated their draft stock. I mean, I, you, you know, it's not like, oh, they showed up to the senior bowl and suddenly he's a second round pick, you know, like tank Dell, Jaden Reed, like these were good players that really solidified their tape in mobile and caused them to get drafted in some cases, despite, you know, smaller frames, sizes, things like, like that. When you got chops, like a guy like tank Dell and it shows up in Alabama in February, it's a good, it's a good position to be in. And McConkey is a player that I've had a chance to dive in a little bit deeper into this wide receiver group since we went through the top end in wide receiver rankings. McConkey is incredible. I mean, he is, he's a real prospect, man. Like this is the, and this is what I'm saying with this year's senior bowl group is like a lot of times it's going to be these, you know, later guys that are kind of just trying to bring it home. Like, I see McConkey as a second round wide receiver, like I agree firmly. And if he comes in and lights it up here this week and, and does some of those things, like you said, puts out those clips and stuff, there's going to be a lot more people talking about him in that way where suddenly it's going to be like, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of big guys. We got a lot of these, you know, Brian Thomas, Jr. Keon Coleman types in this class. Lad McConkey comes in at 5'11", 187, and he is just a killer. I mean, the, some of the routes on his film are just ridiculous. I tweeted that video of the out and up in which the corner just, I mean, it was like classic ankle breaker moment because he just sells those breaks so hard. The way that he sinks his hips, that he shoots, and then he'll make a double move. I mean, he's... He's got a lot of skill and like you said, really good after the catch as well. So you have a player that's getting open a lot and that can do something with the ball in his hands. It's a good recipe and he's going to be a player that I think I'm pretty high on, you know, all the way through this cycle. Yeah. I think he's one of those late round players like that is just good at a lot of things and that's all that you can ask for. That's all that you're looking for. I mean, there's examples of that, like you mentioned from last year, where it's just he can do everything, and he blocks on this. Everybody has to block on this Georgia offense too. So, I mean, if you're looking for somebody that might be a little discounted, that might be, you know, a little bit suppressed. I mean, if he gets second round NFL draft capital, then we're to you know singing a different tune because then he starts to jump up in ADP probably. Uh, but you know, as of now, he he looks like he's gonna be a riser because of the Senior Bowl would be my expectation. Yeah, it's that's gonna be something that I think we're we're gonna talk about a lot over the next month or so. Is I mean, a guy like McConkey. In this sort of a class, I mean, I'm I'm pulling it up here in terms of like where does he sit? Because I'm sitting here like, man, this is a this is a hell of a player. Like this is right. a player that I think has like a real fantasy ceiling in the right situation in the NFL, and he is currently sitting at my wide receiver nine in this class. Yeah. So it's like, and and there's names below that that I'm like, oh damn. So. Yep. I mean, it's one of those things where it, I know we can't get too far ahead of ourselves at this point, but 
these second round dynasty pick wide receivers are legitimate guys. Like maybe they, even third rounders. Yeah. Like oh yeah. It's just such a deep class. Like guys, the running backs will have to go somewhere, <laughs> and then you have three fantasy relevant quarterbacks potentially. Like we're going to be looking at value through three rounds of a dynasty draft. And then, yeah. I mean, if you're playing IDP. <laughs> dude i know yeah that's what i'm saying so it's as deep as we thought it was i keep watching tape i keep liking what i'm seeing from wide receivers so it just doesn't stop going and there's a few more names that we can talk about how about right now because i'm up next are we are we gonna do a snake are we snaking this thing um, with two people, it's a little weird. Okay, then fine. It's just two picks in a row, two picks in a row, two picks in a row. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'll just lose the draft. I don't care. <laughs> uh, all right. My first pick in this draft, the second pick in this draft, I'm going to take Xavier Leggett. We're just going to keep the wide receiver run coming here. Um, there... There's another player that I, man. Okay. Whatever. There's a lot of them torn between this player and another player that I'm sure we'll talk about shortly. But the reason I go with Leggett here, I I teased this a little bit last week when we did rankings, he's just more, I'm not going to call him like a polished route runner, but there was more on his film than I was expecting for a player with his background and the sort of body type and athleticism mold that he is because you see the clips like the first time we talked about him this season. And it was that one play where it was like, how is this large man moving this fast? And then you kind of think like, okay, this is what he is. You know, he's a fifth year guy who's just really fast, really big making these sorts of plays. And then when you watch him, it's, it's a little bit more, you know, suddenness and sharpness out of his routes than I was expecting. I mean, he's not really like one of the, you know, full body route runners. He's not bringing a ton of nuance to his routes, but he has that lower body explosiveness to make sharp cuts on slants and digs and things like that. So he's got a little bit more well-roundedness than I gave him credit for. And I mean, obviously at this size, that's pretty impressive. Now, he did come in and measure in at 6-1, and he was listed at 6-3. And that is a common theme with some of the guys with that we'll talk about here where they're getting embellished by like two inches or more. Um, I mean, it's not changing what I see the player as. You know, oh, he's 6-1, he's not good anymore. But it does change a little bit because he's not quite that like ultra freak like six four two twenty five can go up and snatch it and also run like a four three nine you know like he's a little bit more of that you know classic build of a wide receiver a little bit on the heavier side still weighing in here at uh two what was it i'm 223 223 so he's still got a little bit of bulk he's i mean he's jacked like he's he's a well-built young man He's a well-built young man. And so I think he's a player that can show us something this week. There's already buzz behind this name. A lot of folks like the, 
you know, the freakiness of Leggett. And I think he gets to show that off this week and makes even more fans in this process. Yeah, I think there's some people that expect Leggett to be a first rounder just because of the traits that he has. I mean, talk about someone that's just oozing athleticism and so good with the ball in his hands. Uh, I mean, he had 451 yards after catch, which feels like less than I was expecting because he had 1,250 yards. Like I, I just felt like some more of that. But then you go back and you you look at how he's actually getting these yards, and it goes back to what you were saying. It's like, oh, there's actually some like real wide receiver play here. It's not just like gimmicky, get the ball in his hands and watch him go. It seemed like early in the season – it was more of that, like, you know, run a drag and see what happens. And every once in a while, it turns into that Mississippi State play where he just, like, gets the ball and everybody takes a wrong angle because they're just like, good Lord, this guy can, can move. And so I think he absolutely has a chance to help himself in this senior bowl process. I think he – I mean, the the measurements obviously didn't help him. Like you said, because he's listed at 6'3", about 225, and he measures in at 6'1", you know, 223, whatever. Uh, So, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, it's not like he's short. Right. And (laughs) that's that's the, like, it's the dangerous – it's not a dangerous game, but it's like – when you see guys, when you see the numbers of 6'3", 227, and then you see how fast he is, you're like, my God, this is like yeah. a one-of-one, one, like, freaky sort of a guy. And, I mean, one's not changing a lot, but it's, like, it's a little bit less. And And to be honest, I think it kind of explains one area of his game that I wasn't super in love with, which was his catch point ability. I mean, he you expect a player that's 6'3 to be going up consistently and pulling it down, and that's not what you see on his film. Well, it does make it a little bit more easy to explain when, okay, he's 6'1. He's not really that sort of a guy who's going to be going up over the top of corners you know, on a regular basis. He's more in line with that sort of prototypical wide receiver height. So, again... It's not like stock down because he's two inches shorter, but it does paint a little bit of a clearer picture of who this player is and what we can expect him to be. Yeah, and there are, I mean, there are flashes where he does go up and pluck the oh, yeah. ball. And, yeah. like, that is encouraging to see him do it. And, like, okay, it's there. And, like, you know how to get your hands over your head and keep them soft and, you know, get – get up and make those catches it that's nice to see and it would be nice to see it more consistently but yeah i i agree Leggett is uh is a interesting player i feel like he's going to be very divisive you're up next are we going to keep the wide receiver run coming um i'm gonna get a thin position i'm gonna i'm gonna get my my guy out of here and it's ben sinnett I knew you were going to do it to me. I know. I, I figured that's what you were talking about, so I needed to get him off the board because he's just a good player, man. 
Like, he came in bigger than I think we were both expecting because he looked smaller. It's the biggest. It's the biggest story of the day for me personally. Yeah. To to see the player come in at over two hundred and fifty pounds, I'm like, that that's it to the moon. Yep. So six four two fifty four. He he uh, measured in at. He was listed six four two forty five, and it was like he almost looked smaller than that. But to know that he's carrying like two hundred fifty pounds and still moving how he moves is really nice like that that is something that's like all right this might be like a real uh tight end prospect because if you listen to the the tight end episode it was kind of like well we don't know exactly what Sinnet is because like maybe he's a full fullback hybrid kind of thing i brought up kyle Yushchek's name and like that would be great but you see him you know 250 and making you know moving like he does catching the ball like he does and it starts to feel a lot more like hey maybe this is just easily the tight end two of the class and i think the senior bowl is gonna you know get people on that train with us yeah i mean that's the big thing for for me obviously was what what you just said this was my number two tight end in the class when we talked about rankings and it was like but if he comes in and he's like 239 and 63 then it's like what do we do with this and this was like everything i wanted to see was he hit six four like exactly like just nailed it but he hit it and 254 i mean that's it he's he's he has a tight end build he moves in a way that a player of this size just it's not common for a player like this to run routes in this way to be able to snap off his breaks in the ways that he can at this size and honestly (laughs) I feel like number 34 just wasn't doing him any justice. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like, I think it just made him look smaller. So it makes he's not him the biggest like tight a end. Back. Yeah, no, it did. It really did. And he's not the biggest tight end in the world. Like it's, he, you know, that, but he's, that's fine. And I, I'm not, I swear to God, everybody, I like, I'm not going to keep doing this because this is not a comp. But it just the the Sam Laporta stuff where it was like Laporta was smaller and then Laporta comes in and it was like, okay, he's six four, you know, two forty six or whatever he came in at. And it was like, okay, that's fine. Like he's not the biggest guy. Well, and then you find out these guys don't need to be two hundred and sixty pounds. You know, like they're if an offensive coordinator or you know, whatever system this player is in can utilize his talents, then we're we're golden. But on top of all of that, he does already have this, you know, 250 plus box checked. So, um, again, not a perfect player. This isn't like, you know, oh, he's creeping up on Brock Bowers. Like, it's just, it's a good tight end that really kind of locked it in for me. Like, I think this is the second best tight end in this class. He's the next guy after Bowers. I have him sort of like, NFL wise, like late second right now, early third, and that might even be high, but that's how much 
faith I have in a player that shows you at this position when they can run routes already, that's a big leg up. And that's what I saw with, with, uh, Sinnott. Yes. Ben, I got the name. I got the name, right. I'm not going to screw it up anymore. He's my (laughs) tight end too. Can't screw it up. That's right. Yeah. So very pleasantly surprising player. Um, Hopefully in the NFL picks a different number. That's not uh, 30, 30, 34, right? I think it, yeah, 34. Yeah, 34. Uh, he's wearing 81 at the Senior Bowl. So here we go. Dude, <laughs> one week wearing 81, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God. They're going to be like, who's this guy? This guy is insane. What yeah. the heck? Yeah, who's this running back from, from Kansas State? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you sniped me on that one. Now I got to adjust on the fly, but I guess I will take another wide receiver. Okay. I'm going to take Malachi Corley because, you know, I picked Leggett with my first pick. I have Leggett slightly higher than Corley right now. I've been seeing people throw out the words, and I get it. This is going to be a thing every single draft cycle now, and most of the time it's complete BS. I've been seeing people throw out the words Debo Samuel when they talk about Xavier Leggett. Yeah. Okay, great. They both went to South Carolina. Like, I don't see that comparison necessarily, but more power to you if you do. If you wanted to comp Malachi Corley to Debo Samuel, I would not throw that back in your face. I think this player has that sort of running back in a wide receiver body skill set that is going to make him very attractive to NFL teams come draft time. And I think it starts right now where we get to find out, you know, What does Corley look like in the one-on-ones? What does he look like in, you know, the scrimmages and against these other players? Because playing at Western Kentucky this year, this was a player that we talked about all the way back to the summer. The Yak King, I believe is his his nickname, comes in off of this uh, unbelievable yards after the catch season, over 900 yards after the catch in 2022. He didn't quite get there this year, but he did have another 683 after the catch. Now, you play at Western Kentucky, you're not really playing a lot of teams. They did play Ohio State early in the year. Corley did have 88 yards and a touchdown in that game. But other than that, it's 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 a name that gets pushed to the side until this time when people start seeing him do what he does in this environment. And then it's like, all right, what, what do we got here with Corley? If he can have a great week like that, if he can start turning heads and start to show, you know, I, I got a lot of skill to offer. I'm versatile. I'm a wide receiver first and foremost, but you can line me up in the backfield. You can get creative with me. You can put the ball in my hands and I will make it a good thing for you. If he can do that consistently this week, I think he sets himself up to be a high pick. Like, high early day two sort of a guy like mid mid round two that's about where i have him right now based on the last two years of work that he's put out so 
a good process from here to from here to the draft, it's going to do him wonders. Yeah, I think Corley, it'll he his strengths show up more in real football like than it will in like Lad McConkey will thrive in those one on ones. He's he's good at the other stuff too, but I think like the route running will be on display with those one on ones. I think Corley, like you mentioned, is a physical runner with the ball in his hands. And like that comes into play when he's catching balls over the middle. He catches them through contact, taking it and staying on his feet sometimes and finishing the plays. So, I mean, I love Malachi Corley. Like, I I think that he's a really, really nice slot-receiving kind of guy that every NFL team could use. Like, this is just a guy that you can give the ball, you know, six times a game, and he can make something happen. So, I don't hate Debo. I don't hate the Debo count. I mean, he's pretty he's 5'10 like 215 I think is what he ended up coming in at yep and uh he's he's a little you know smaller than but he when when I say he runs like aggressive like he's trying to run through somebody's face as a guy that that's this small and he's got moves that he can put on people in the open field like I think he's gonna turn some heads especially if he can run like some real routes because Western Kentucky, it's a lot of screens. It's a lot of, you know, over routes, a lot of crossing routes. There's not a lot to like evaluate of Corley running like the big boy routes because they didn't ask him to. And, you know, it was fine that they didn't ask him to because he was so good at what they were doing with him. So it'll be interesting to see him, you know, in those one-on-ones to see if he's, you know, getting, a certain amount of separation and then on top of that in a real offensive scheme rather than you know a more gadgety kind of role yeah that's a great point it's a big opportunity for him to put a little bit more of you know his ability as a route runner in front of everybody because like you said I mean you throw on some western Kentucky Malachi Corley tape and you're just going to see a ton of screens because it works He's so good at turning those plays into huge gains. So they did it a lot. You see him stretch the field a little bit once in a while. That shows up, but let's see it in action. Let's see it consistently on this on this level of competition, and that could uh, boost his stock even more. So, yeah. All right, you're up again. I'm up again. I think I'm going to dive into another shallow – pool i'm between i'm actually between three names here because there's there's three positions that i feel like i can go into um and i'm gonna go into idp and i'm gonna get my guy leatu latu so uh he's at the senior bowl we uh chatted about him for a while on the idp episode he's my uh idp one and i'm just excited that this is a player that exists because i i mean he is a polished edge rusher coming in he's got the medical background with the neck injury he 
was like partially paralyzed and then he had to take some time off from football ended up coming back and i mean he just is super super impressive uh ended up coming in at six four and a half two sixty one and i just want to see him you know dominate some guys in this setting you know they do the the pass rush drills where you get to go one-on-one and then he can also just be a game wrecker in the scrimmages so uh i yeah i just like watching this guy and i'm excited that he's a part of this draft process yeah and well and more so a part of this event because it's not often that you get a player of this caliber coming to the senior bowl to show what he's got and i think a lot of that has to do with that with the background with having this sort of like chip on his shoulder to prove himself to say you know what i'm healthy i'm ready to compete and i want to play my way into being the edge one in this class and i think you know latu is a player that is just the tape is just phenomenal and so he should absolutely light this environment up if you're talking about defensive drills and and on the defensive side i you know the wide receivers tend to steal the show once in a while you'll get the running backs you know we got some good quarterbacks there this year that's going to be something to watch when defensive players of this caliber go to the senior bowl they destroy and that's what i would expect latu to do this week and it's going to be a lot of okay yeah, this is the guy. Like, this is who we thought he was on film. He's doing that in this environment. He deserves to be that top half of round one sort of a pick. So that's what's at stake for Latu this week, is to put that exclamation point on this entire process and say, I am that guy and I'm ready uh, to compete for my spot on top of this, on top of my position group. Yeah, I'm curious if he even like has a chance to be the edge one in this class because not only the medicals, but also he's just older than Dallas Turner and Jared first. So he's got some stuff working against him, but I still feel like that'll he'll, he'll end up somewhere, you know, top half of the first round mid first and be a home run for whoever ends up taking him. He's actually one month younger than Jared Verse. Is he really? Yep. Wow. Medically retired for two years, and he's. I'd be embarrassed if I was Jared Verse. (laughs) He's still not. I I just assumed he he was old. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So they're both twenty. They'll both be twenty three on draft day. So two older players. Jared Verse not come out last year. That's what I'm saying, man. (sighs) I I don't know. But and that's that's the thing with Turner. I think Turner ends up edge one because he's two years younger and a little project, little projecty. Is yeah. that a word? No, traitsy. We can work. We can work with that. But like we talked about on on IDP rankings, like Jared versus Leatu Latu, they got two years on Turner, and it shows up with their polish and their ability as pass rushers. So. Very excited to watch Latu this week. And same can be said with this IDP that I will be taking with my next pick, and it's Peyton Wilson. Because 
Peyton Wilson is another player. I mean, these two could just be linked at the hip in terms of what there is to prove during this next two and a half months or whatever it is. Latu, you know, he's he's locked up. Like, I, at least in my opinion, I feel like he's a first round lock. Now, you know, medicals, I don't know. Maybe there's more than we think there is. But the tape says first round lock. Peyton Wilson, you know, obviously not quite to that caliber but a player that has medical question marks in his background that will make it intriguing to watch what happens to him through this process and where it it seems like he is destined to be drafted. But in the same fashion that I said with Blatu, this is a player that should look very good in this environment. He's very athletic, very fast. There's going to be a lot of Peyton Wilson flying around, uh, in the drills, similarly to a player like Ivan Pace last year. And, you know, Payne Wilson's not going to be a UDFA. So unless they're, unless the medical question marks are really bad, he's not going to be a UDFA. And we saw Ivan Pace dominate in this environment last year. I expect to see Peyton Wilson do the same. And that alone could be enough for this linebacker group which is sort of fluid and kind of open for the taking. Wilson has a chance to to play his way up that list, I think, as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a situation where he can put on a show. I mean, the the speed, the athleticism is all really good. He's like going to be flying around in all of these drills, in the scrimmages, going to be making plays and the the real question is like you said like where is he going to get drafted and how much can he actually help his draft stock because you you look at the season that he put together this year and it kind of speaks for itself like there there's not really a hole in his resume and it all shows up on tape too so I don't know if he has a ton to prove here at the senior bowl but he can come out here and dominate this, like all these events and it's not going to hurt. I can tell you that. So, I mean, if he's a, you know, second round linebacker in the NFL, which feels right to me, then we're, we're looking pretty good because this is a guy that is going to get a ton of tackles. He's going to make plays on top of that. And that's all you can really ask for. All right, two IDPs come off the board with back-to-back picks. Which direction do you choose to go now? I got to take Michael Penix. Yeah, I knew you were going to take him, you mother. <laughs> I, I'm getting scared that I'm going to get left with one of these other guys. So uh, going with Michael Penix. Obviously, uh, this quarterback class is headed by – you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and then it's kind of question mark after that. And a lot of the question marks are in this senior bowl. You know, you got guys like Penix, you got you know, Bo Nix, you got uh, – I mean, that I'll leave it there. We'll, we'll say those are the guys that we're looking at in the NFL draft circles. Um, but I just think Penix is – easily better than everybody else that's going to be at the senior bowl and i'm shocked that he's even going to be at the senior bowl 
after the the elongated season with the college football playoff uh going in and you know having a heisman worthy season uh, again another guy that really doesn't have very much to prove but i i mean i'm excited to see him throwing to these wide receivers is the the real part of it because you know you look at the that he's playing with uh some guys that we'll probably talk about a little later but malachi corley is one of them like he's gonna have a chance to catch some balls from a real nfl caliber quarterback and you know hopefully Penix can make him look good and vice versa yeah i wonder if Penix being at the senior bowl and competing here tells you that there is something to prove for this right. player. Like, I feel like what you led the conversation with, which is that it's sort of become a three horse race at the top. And, you know, there's levels to that. Like we know that Caleb and Drake are, you know, the tier one sort of players. And then Daniel sort of slots in after that. And then it kind of opens up. And in my opinion, Penix is that next guy pretty easily and he should be talked about not you know Jane Daniels is going to go top five or whatever in the NFL because that's just the nature of it and a guy like Penix is not really the mold of player that's going to go in that spot in the draft but I think on a talent basis those players are very close they are very close and so um Penix being at the senior bowl and going through this process, I think says, you know, I'm trying to play my way into this conversation. I feel like my name's getting left out right now. I hear a lot of talk about Jane Daniels while people are saying, you know, will Penix be a first round pick? That's, that's in question right now. Like that is not a guarantee based on the mock drafts that have been coming out from the more connected sources in the industries. Like, Daniel Jeremiah doesn't have Penix in the first round. So what does that mean? Well, here's Penix's opportunity to do exactly what you and I both think he's going to do in this sort of environment, which is look like the best quarterback here and put on a little bit of a show and say, remember me, I'm the guy who put this on film for two years. So let's not, you know, miss the forest through the trees here like this is a good player just because he's not this like hyper mobile you know sort of quarterback he has a lot of value with his arm strength and his accuracy and his ability to throw to all levels of the field which is what we saw him do at Washington and an extremely high level especially this year does it miss the forest for the trees? What did I see? I don't. What did I even say? I like panic through the trees. Does it miss the, the forest, forest through for the, the trees? I think it's for because you're like seeing the trees instead of the whole, the big, the forest, the I, big picture. See, this is like that thing when you you these like you sayings. Say yeah, you yeah. say it so much it just becomes right. I know. Like, how many times have I said that throughout my life, and everyone's like, well, "Isn't it for? Oh, like, what are you talking about, man? I'm here for you. I thank you. I need that in my life. So this is, that's why I come here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Penix. All right. It's going to be fun to watch him throwing the ball to these guys. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll talk about another – well, I'll save my quarterback pick for later, but 
We'll talk about another player. For now, I think I have to stop this disrespect of the running back position. <laughs> and I'm going to take, in my eyes, the best running back at the Senior Bowl this year, and that is Marshawn Lloyd. Now, Lloyd is a player that through the season, if you were following along with us, is a player that got a couple badges. I started to get kind of excited about him based on what I was seeing from USC and, and how they were using him and his ability. And I still think he's a good runner. I think he's among this roster is pretty easily the best running back here, in my opinion. There are questions about ball security with Lloyd. He's also an older player. He will be 23 when he's drafted, which you throw the running back multiplier on there, and it's like he's 46 years old already. <laughs> but as a runner and what he put on film this year, I think this is a good player that has power and speed. He has an ability to you know, be a one-cut runner and be explosive in the open field as well. Pass catching, got him involved a little bit in that area. Not a ton, but he made the most out of it. 13 catches, but went for 232 yards. So shows an ability to kind of do a little bit of everything. Don't think he does anything at an extremely high level, but he's a player that I think has an NFL spot. And that's really all we can ask for when we're talking about later running backs in this draft class. Yeah, that's... The truth is, like, we're looking at guys that are going to be going in, like, the third, fourth round, and, you know, it'll they'll probably be rotational pieces in an NFL backfield, and you're going to just be, like, maybe stashing them, handcuffing them, stuff like that. Lloyd is a guy that, like, if he takes over in a backfield, could hold on to a role in a backfield. That That's basically, like something that none, none of the other running backs, maybe one of the other running backs can say in this senior bowl roster. And so I, I agree. It's like he can do a fair amount of things. We've been keeping an eye on him. He's not special, but he can do a lot of things well. So uh, see if he can look better than that potentially in the senior bowl and like, change some opinions about this you know this running back class as a whole this group because right now it's a little bit bleak yeah and I do want to give a quick shout out to a player that pulled out or it's something happened where he disappeared from the roster today and that is Jalen Wright and the reason I want to shout out Jalen Wright is because when I was watching these running backs in anticipation for this episode I was like okay like whatever let's just see what we got here like day three day three day Ooh, what is this Jalen Wright a player that I think we may have more conversations about in the coming weeks as uh, we talk more and more about what this running back class can offer so I just want to throw that out there Jalen Wright you have been acknowledged at Camp Dynasty you're right. up next. I am up next, and I'm just going to – I think I'm going to stick with running back. 
because I don't have a running back yet. Uh, so I'm going to take Cody Schrader because I feel like he's the only real running back left. So Cody Schrader is also an old man. I don't know his exact age. I'm going to check It's not it. available. Okay, right. Thanks, college football. Yeah, for... he's, he's one of the only ones I can't put a – a number behind but he's a graduate student and this is like his sixth year playing football yeah great so. okay good thank you for that uh cody but he's a <laughs> he's a fine player you know he is also a guy that like is worth drafting late like very late in your rookie draft and seeing what happens because that's about all we can do you know he was very productive at missouri he uh has a kind of he's like blake corum if blake corum was like worse at football you know and you know how much we love blake corum so that's a ringing endorsement so um there's not a whole lot going on at running back in this senior bowl is kind of the point that I'm getting at. And, uh, you know, Strader also came in a little smaller than he is listed. He did. came in at 5'8", 207. Uh, so, yeah, here we are. Yeah. A lot of the running backs came in even smaller. And this is a small group that's yeah. going to be in Mobile. But, yeah, I, Schrader, I have fun – Fun story, man. We had fun talking about him a couple times during the season. And, you know, he had a great year for Missouri. But, you know, I, I watched him leading up to this. And I just – I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he's late day three sort of a player. And, you know, it's it's a player that I don't want to count him out because he's made a, a career on doubt – on living off of doubt. I mean, starting at the FCS level, grinding all the way to the, you know, SEC Division One college football on a good team and being one of the leading rushers in the conference. So he's done everything right in his football journey. But when I look for NFL running back traits, I see a player that's small, slow, and not extremely, you know, physical He's got a little bit of cutback, but just a player that I think is not quite there. And that's just me being brutally honest because I don't want anybody to think that I'm sitting here like, oh, what are some of these running backs though? Like we know this is a weak running back crew. We do a top five and we're sort of like groaning when we're talking about number five. How do you think it's going to be when we're talking about number 10? And that's kind of what I think about Cody Schrader now. This is this is his chance. This is everybody's chance. It's the senior bowl. Go have your moment. Go prove people wrong. We'll talk about that with a couple more running backs as well. You know, he's only twenty four. Okay. I yeah. It's same, I mean it's too it's like Blake Corum. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Anyway, let's save yeah. us, please. To bring us somewhere right. else. All right, let's let's go back to wide receiver. I I got one more left to pick. Oh, your corner in the market. Yeah, I'm. You know, I I was gonna save it because there's some names that I really like yet, and I'm not I'm not even gonna pick the highest wide receiver on my on my list right now. Like I'm not gonna pick my next 
guy. I'm going to pick a guy that I think can raise his stock in this environment. And you already know who that is. It's Jacob Cowing. I've been talking about this for months. So, of course, I'm going to draft him to my Senior Bowl watch list team. Cowing is a player that I think really embodies opportunity in this environment. And the measurements that came out today did, were not kind to him. He's listed here. I'm looking at 5'11", 175. That's what he was listed at. He comes in 5'8". Eight, Whew. 165. Do those numbers ring a bell? Yes. Because they should. That was exactly what Tank Dell measured in last year. So this is a player that's even smaller than I thought he was. He is up against the Tank Dells of the world when you're talking about f- like n- first percentile wide receiver measurables. But Look at what Tank Dell's doing, man. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? And Cowing doesn't have the, you know, elite level route running that Tank Dell had. I mean, Tank Dell was a special route runner, but Cowing is not half bad himself. And this is going to be one of those players that is living in those one-on-one drills. And people are going to be tweeting the videos and saying, oh my God, Cowing, look at this one. So... I don't know what to expect really anymore with cowing in terms of NFL draft, you know, projections and capital and all of that, especially in this deep wide receiver class. But that might just make it even more intriguing that a player like this will maybe be a day three pick and might have value in, you know, despite that. So let's see something promising from cowing. Uh, it's one of my, one of my guys, he's been one of my guys and I'm, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. He's definitely been all aboard. He's been a, a camper for a while, two years now, you know, getting sent out into the world and I'm rooting for him, man. I mean, he always looked a little smaller than five eleven, and it was always like a little bit like five well, eleven seems a little rich, but yeah, five, eight, I didn't expect that. That was a little bit shocking uh but he's coming off his you know since he kind of announced himself at utep in his third year with 1300 yards he had a thousand last year only 860 yards this year and so he has a little bit of a ground to make back up i'd say because he was one of the like premier it it was kind of odd because he could have came out last year but last year, there were so many guys like him. Like, it was a lot of slot receivers, a lot of small receivers, a lot of, you know. So, you come out this year, and now you're in a loaded wide receiver class, so you just get buried in it. So, he has a chance in the Senior Bowl to highlight himself and, like, show off a little bit and bring his talent to light to people that may not have noticed him over the last couple of years. So, I mean, we're big cowing fans and we'll see how it develops and see if he can turn some heads. But, uh, I mean, I don't see why not. Listen, that what you just said, that's a real thing. You know, there's a lot of big players in this class teams. You want to fill out your, 
your versatility, your positions at the wide receiver position. This is going to be one of your better slot players, I think, in this group. So it's a player that shows you for three years now that he can compete in the college football level, run some really good routes, run after the catch. We'll find out what this looks like for Jacob Cowing. All right. That is my last wide receiver, so the rest are yours for the taking, but will you go that direction right now? Well, I'll hold off on wide receivers since now, you know, we both have a running back to select. We both have IDP to select. So which way do I go? I mean, is there a running back? Do we want to go back to that that conversation? I don't know. Uh, to, you know, remember what I said? I got all hot and bothered last week. Let's try to be positive. Let's see the best in the in the running backs that are remaining. Okay, Amani Bailey out of TCU. I'm taking. Uh, so he's an electric player. He is really fast. Like that. That is the the thing that you see on tape. Is like when he gets going, he can go. He's also very. You know, jittery, he can make guys miss in the open field. He kind of slides through holes. And that's because he measured in at five foot seven, two hundred and eight pounds. I mean, this is a small running back. Like the five seven is crazy. And we saw last year, I'm gonna go to Deuce Vaughn. Because he was a small running back, and he was ultra productive. He was pretty much a complete running back prospect. And he cannot see the field in the NFL. So the thing is, with Vaughn, he was kind of like a power back that can do everything. He was like a workhorse in like Rondale Morris' body. Versus Amani Bailey is just kind of like a scat back which is what you need to be if you're going to be five seven so i i don't know about an nfl role but i know that the guy can probably play special teams and i know that you can stick on rosters if you can play special teams and then maybe you get a receiving back role or something like that and then you're valuable in a ppr league so that that's what i got for positivity for amani yeah, I mean, I, I liked – there were some moments, Amani Bailey this year. I mean, he had a great year. I mean, 1,200 yards for TCU, and that was not a good team this year. He was always one of the bright spots for them on a weekly basis, and uh, that fan base liked him a lot too. There were a couple times where I was like, what's going on with Amani Bailey? And you kind of do a little bit of, like, reconnaissance in TCU Twitter, and it's just a bunch of people being like, our team sucks, but at least we have Amani Bailey. Like – that's kind of what the vibes were with, with this year. But so he was kind of a player that I thought was interesting. Like you said, very jittery, very dynamic sort of a runner in the open field and a lot of missed tackles forced this year, 70 missed tackles forced. The five, seven was a gut punch, man. Seriously. I, I had like a later day three, like borderline, like, six seventh round sort of a grade on him at five nine and i was like oh my god so it's it's a lot of really small players though like a lot of these running backs like all of these guys like schrader bailey i mean a lot of players that were listed like five nine or five ten and coming in you know two inches smaller than that 
So I don't know. I mean, we know that running back is weird. I mean, his teammate last year, DeMarcado, it was like DeMarcado was nothing. And now he's like, he had a role for several weeks in the NFL as a UDFA. So I think Bailey has some skill and if, you know, opportunities are all we need with running backs, but don't expect to hear this name called early or maybe even at all on NFL draft day. Thanks for that. I, 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 my pick, man. (laughs) Say the same thing. You said he wasn't going to get drafted. (laughs) I was going to pick him if you didn't. I'm just saying, (laughs) but that's just the nature of this running back group. I'm sorry to say, but, uh, okay. The only position that I need to take that you have an opportunity to take in front of me at this point is IDP. So I will, I will finish us off there and I'm going to go with Chris Braswell, edge rusher from Alabama, the other edge rusher from Alabama. Braswell is a player that caught my eye a couple times this season uh, but you know, these Alabama edge players, it feels like they're always just good and to varying levels. Like you're going to have a Dallas Turner who's maybe a top 10 draft pick. And then you'll have a guy like Braswell, like, Oh, maybe he's like, well, it seems like Braswell is actually getting some pretty decent buzz in the process. Like even maybe late round one sort of NFL draft buzz. So I checked him out and he is, he's a fun player because This was a Feldman's freak guy. He's got that freakiness, but he is a power rusher. Like he is strong where Turner is more speed freakiness, but you know, likes to go to the power moves. Braswell is just a power rusher. And I think he does it at a pretty high level where in a class like this, where, you know, we end up talking a lot about tier one edge in these classes because that's going to be where you make your money from an IDP perspective. But don't forget about this range where there's going to be misses, but there's also going to be some hits with these tier two edge players in a class. So Braswell is one of the ones that I'm keeping a close eye on. And the senior bowl is the perfect environment. Like we talked about earlier to show that you are a different breed than the rest of the pass rushers here. You know, I was waiting for like the, the wingspan numbers and stuff like that for Braswell. Cause he just looks like he's all arms and legs. Yep. It's, it's pretty good. It's not like as shocking as I expected it to be because I figured that he'd like have the longest arms and, but like in 80 inch wingspan is pretty good, man. Yep. Like he's got long arms and he uses them well to set that edge. And you can see him like setting contains when that, that power rush move doesn't work. He kind of stays patient and doesn't let that quarterback get outside. So, I mean, I, I can't say that I've done a deep dive on Braswell and like done a ton of tapes uh, study with him, but I know that he's a, a good player. He's an interesting player, and that, like you said, he's been getting a lot of buzz, and I'll definitely be keeping my eye on him through this Senior Bowl uh, process. All right. We are now down to just picking what we got to pick yet. But That's there's right. some interesting conversations that we've yet to have. So where are we headed next? 
so I'm going to save wide receivers for last. So I'm going to go back to the IDP well while we're here, and I'm going to take Cedric Gray. Camp Dynasty legend also. Camp Dynasty legend. <laughs> so Cedric Gray out of UNC uh, is an off-ball linebacker, and I just – he's – one of the the linebacker names that's kind of like floating in this, you know, top five off ball linebacker area, and it's a I'd say it's a pretty decent class for IDP in general, uh, for linebackers. I mean, we have a a couple names, which is not always the case. So uh, Cedric Gray had a great season last year. Uh, he came in six one two thirty two, so maybe a little short, uh, but you know nothing terrible uh and he just like he's a very versatile linebacker he did everything at unc i think he was a little better last year than he was this year it felt like he ran a little more off instinct and maybe like turned it up a little more last year and kind of slowed his game down more this year and that's probably a better thing but you know it's more fun to watch linebackers like fly around and uh, get a bunch of tackles and all that rather than watching you like dissect a play and like take on a block. So then your backside guy can fill the gap. It's like, okay, I get that's the right play, but like, I want you to make the tackle. <laughs> so uh, Cedric is a, a good player. I think he improved as a player um, and I'm sure he'll stick on an NFL roster. And he'll he'll be pretty good, kind of like uh, Diet Peyton Wilson in this uh, Senior Bowl, where he's not going to be flying around laying the wood like Wilson, but he'll still be able to put on a little bit of a show. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to find out what happens with Gray. It's just a name that you haven't been hearing much. He came into the year, I mean, like you said, Camp Dynasty legend. You brought this name up like week three last year and we so this has been around for a while he came into the year as a top five idp for me and like you said just kind of had a a worse year wasn't a bad year but just didn't really get better and weirdly enough like his tackling grade in in terms of pff went down pretty significantly and then you take a look at the missed tackles we're at 19 missed tackles which is about 15 percent so, you know, there's things there where it's like, what happened this year? But uh, coverage grade went up, and I remember, you know, seeing an adequate coverage linebacker from 2022 film. Seemed like a rangy player back, you know, when I was watching him as well. Thought he had a little bit of completeness to his game, nothing at a high level. And I wonder, you know, will this be an opportunity for him to kind of stand out in a group that is a little bit depleted because we've lost some names in this linebacker room, players like Jalen Ford, who have some buzz, he pulls out here. Now suddenly it's Peyton Wilson and then some guys. Well, Cedric Ray is more than a guy, and I think he has an opportunity this week to stand out. Sure does. All right. I'm going to keep this conversation interesting so let's go back to quarterback Ooh, okay let's have the bo nicks conversation oh boy because that's who i'm picking because whether i want to or not that's sort of where we are at with the remaining quarterbacks here and 
Some folks would have you believe that Knicks belongs alongside of a player like Michael Penix, maybe even ahead of a player like Michael Penix. Because remember earlier when I said Daniel Jeremiah didn't have Michael Penix in his first round in the first mock draft that he dropped? Well, he did have Bo Nix at 14th overall to the Saints. So what is going on with Bo Nix? I don't know. So let's talk about it because we didn't really talk about Knicks when we did quarterback rankings because neither of us felt a need to. Neither of us saw this as a startable NFL court, a, a long-term starting NFL quarterback. That's not what I saw on film. Now, I recognize that he's got a good arm. He's got a good arm. The Oregon scheme was not really favorable to him showing that off all the time because of the nature of the low a dot heavy screen rpo style offense that they're running now when he does go downfield it gets very shaky and something else that i notice which you know there's there's layers of argument to have about this point but outside of structure he gets very very inaccurate and a little jumpy like he is pure game manager in my opinion and some people will have you say oh that's fine put him under the i mean put him in uh, you know put him on the 49ers okay great he's better than brock purdy he's got more arm talent better arm than brock purdy that i'm just i'm saying what i think you'd hear from folks because that's how people are talking about nicks and so I just, I can't get That's behind the MVP it. of our league right I, there yeah. that you're talking about, Brock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, when he makes amazing plays like that bomb to Ayuk the other day. Signature. Yeah. But, I mean, that's another conversation. But, you know, Bo Nix, I am at least keeping an open mind to what happens this week. I think my film grade on him is not horrible, but it certainly is not first round. I mean, it's it's late day two sort of a grade is what I have on him right now. I'm maintaining an open mind that if he shows this week that he belongs in that conversation in terms of, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to put him in the first round, but I'm saying if he shows that he can hang with Penix in this environment, make good throws consistently, look like a better player than he did for much of the season in terms of like analysis wise. Like I know he had a fantastic season for Oregon, but within the confines of that scheme is how it happened. So maybe if he shows a little bit outside of that environment, a little bit more off structure sort of stuff, then maybe we can have more conversations about Bo Nix. I'm good. I don't need to have more conversations about Bo Nix. I've had enough, and it's been like four. Uh, I mean, he's some guys are just meant to be career backups, and that just seems like what Bo Nix is meant to be, and that's a good thing. I mean, that's if I could have any job, it's a career backup, man. Like you get paid, sit on the bench, hold the the Microsoft Surface, and you know, let your starter like bitch and moan and maybe you get to take a knee at the end of a half or something so he doesn't ruin his stats 
count me in. Uh, so I just think like his downfield stuff is uninspiring. Uh, it, it seems like the the real downfield stuff is him throwing to a wide open Troy Franklin more often than not. Uh, and then everything else is in structure. It's like he's throwing crossing routes, he's throwing overs, he's throwing RPOs, you know, he's got bubbles and he's letting people get some, some yak. And the accuracy is good when he's on time, on target. It, it's it's solid. And when he hits that backfield foot and rips it, like it can be a nice throw. But like you said, you got to be able to create and you got to be able to, you know, throw a 12 yard comeback on a five step drop with pressure. And it just doesn't seem like that's something that he's going to be able to do consistently. So I, I don't, there's, there's people that, want Bo Nix that actually want Bo Nix as their quarterback and I would caution you to you know be careful what you wish for yeah I think uh we were <laughs> it was like we we're so afraid of J.J. McCarthy being the quarterback that flies up the boards and dominates the headlines despite mediocre tape well we might be looking at the real one <laughs> right yeah. now with oh, Bo Nix but we'll find out like I said I'm keeping an open mind let change my mind, Bonix, please, because I if you show it to me, I will respect you slightly more. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. We're whittling down this list. We're starting to get to the sort of I, this. It's disrespectful to call them breadcrumbs, but it's kind of where we're at. So, uh, you're up next. Do you have a wide receiver to pick yet? I do. Oh, I have okay. two so wide receivers to pick. You have two wide – oh, then disregard so, my breadcrumb statement. That's, I'm thinking that's about why what I, I have That's why list. I did it this way is so we could save some of the fun conversation for, for the end here. Uh, I'm going Johnny Wilson as my second wide receiver. Uh, he's one of the guys that actually measured in how we expected him to. 6'6", 237. Um I mean, big guy, go fast. That's that's what we got here with with Johnny Wilson. He's a physical player. He, I mean, I wouldn't say he plays six six, but like it shows up. Like it, it's not always, and there's a lot of you know fluidity that he has, which is a good thing. Like he doesn't always play his size, and I'm not saying that as a negative. He's he's catching the ball in traffic. He's running after the catch. He looks fluid. He doesn't look like awkward. You see some of these tall, skinny tight ends, and it's like they don't feel right in their body. Johnny Wilson feels like a wide receiver that's just tall. And so I I mean, this is another guy that shared a lot of the sugar in this Florida State offense. And, you know, we talked about it with Trey Benson, just like didn't get enough of, you know, got a really small slice of the pie. And Johnny Wilson kind of the same way. Like he just like you would like to see him featured in an offense. And it just didn't seem like that's what Florida state was doing with anybody. So he, I mean, there's going to be a clip. I can guarantee it of him just making somebody look so small because of how big he is, how athletic he is. He's going to moss somebody and it's going to go like semi-viral. It's going to be like, Oh my God, what is this? And it's Johnny Wilson. 
Yeah, this, I mean, when we talked about wide receivers in the summer and we talk a little bit about Johnny Wilson, it was like, uh, this is like just so different and different is scary because you don't really have a benchmark to say, okay, yeah, this works or he could be this in the NFL. And after this year and watching some film leading up into the senior bowl here, I do think it's, I, I think he's a good player. I just, I still don't know what his role is in the NFL. And now there are a lot more people when the measurables come out and it's like people that weren't familiar or maybe re-familiarizing with this 6-7, 230-something wide receiver say, should he be a tight end? And I don't necessarily disagree with that take. I don't think he looks like a tight end right now, though, on film. So it's hard. It's He is like a tweener on the other side. Normally, tweeners, like, you're kind of smaller in between two spots. He's like between, you know, he, he might need to go up a level. Yeah, he's just too big to be a receiver. Yeah, and I think one area where his size and specifically his length really shows up and he uses it really well is against press coverage. I mean, he is very good against press coverage in getting his hands to work at the line of scrimmage and getting off of the corners that are trying to play physical with him because he's not the most explosive starter. So he's using his length and his physicality to kind of break that press, and he wins a lot of those reps. So That's something that I like from him in terms of how is his size helping him. And one area in which I wish it helped him more was when he's going over the top of guys. Because, I mean, you see the numbers this year, 9 for 22 uncontested catch opportunities, and that's showing up on film where he's not really playing to this size in those situations. And honestly, the hands in general are kind of – they're kind of shaky. I mean – it kind of came and went this year. It's like when he was having issues, they were all coming in the same games. He has two games this year with two drops, and he had five total on the year, which was just about 11%. So it wasn't horrible, but it was something that was like, man, there's just these, and these were like wide open, like concentration, wide open drops. So there's just things on his film that I don't love. And then there's this weird, like, what are you that, you know, I think this is a great place for him to, again, it's like we say with all these players, but this is what this is all about. Like show why your weaknesses or your perceived challenges aren't a big deal. Like show up here Make it known that you can play this position and that you can win routes against corners in a variety of way and catch the ball, and then we can have more conversations about Johnny Wilson. He also has a seven-foot wingspan. (laughs) So that is another measurable that that came out, and it looks like that, but like you said, use it. Yeah. Get up because every once in a while he does, and it's like this is unbeatable. This is unstoppable. Just do this every time. Like, spam goal line fade with Johnny Wilson. And it doesn't work that way because, you know, it's it's questionable. And the hands are questionable. And so is he going to be able to convert to tight end? I don't know. That's hard, man. That's really – like, you got to learn how to block. He good blocking corners. So yeah, exactly. Block, now you know? now go, go get in the trenches and do that same thing. Uh, he also 
He's got mitts. I mean, nine and a half inch hands, not the biggest wide receiver hands. I just found out that for a player with seven foot wingspan to have under 10 inch hands is kind of weird. I know. I was just looking this guy from Southeast Missouri, six one. He's got 10 inch hands. It's pretty impressive. Damn. I was, might have to look him up after this, but yeah, Johnny Wilson, uh, interesting player. Very interesting. It'll be, we'll see how this process goes for him and what the NFL thinks of him because, you know, there's some money on the table for him. And if he wants to be like a dominant six, six wide receiver, he can be, but if, you know, things don't go right, he ends up being some tweener and he goes like the JJ Arcega Whiteside route and ends up just kind of fizzling. Yeah. That's a, that's a bad name around the draft time. <laughs> um, all right, I am up, and I believe I have two positions yet to go. I have running back and tight end, so I will finish off the running backs, and I will take Ray Davis from Kentucky. This is a player that had a really good season as well. Uh, could have earned himself a badge week five against Florida in which he went for 280 yards. You know, one thing that I noticed, though, in watching film this year, Florida got lit up against yeah. running backs and Jane Daniels running the ball. <laughs> like, this was a bad yeah. run defense, at least from what I was seeing. So, you know, he exploited them, 280 yards. Good job, young man, but did uh, did well for himself around that game, too. Nothing crazy, but it ends up... 1,131 yards and 14 touchdowns for Ray Davis. This is another older running back who is smaller than he was listed. So it's like a running theme with these senior bowl running backs where it's like they're all older, they're all smaller than you thought they were. He came in at 5'8", 220, instead of the 5'10", 216 that he was listed at. So a little bit heavier, but... Loses those two inches. I don't, again, like, he's not a player that really was electrifying or super exciting on film. And, in fact, I, I, it's another player that I have a day three grade on. But I think this one in particular was the was the better of the group in terms of, like, the Cody Schrader, Imani Bailey tier of running backs. I thought... Ray Davis had the best film out of those out of that group. So he he is a player that does interest me this week. And I again, it's like I don't expect him to like turn the tides here and be like a starting NFL running back by any means, but I do think that with a strong week and a good week, he can be one of the, you know, better day 3 running backs in this class. He's the the muscle hamster of the group. <laughs> I mean, this guy, It's I'm not surprised at all about what he measured in at because, I mean, he is compact. Yeah. And he is all muscle. It's like, and he uses it. Like, he runs angry. He'll run through you. He'll go down with you. Um, he's a fun player to watch. Uh, he's, I mean, it's it's kind of the same conversation that we're having. It's. Nothing like special. It's nothing that's gonna, you know, jump off the screen. He's a guy that can make it happen at Kentucky, 
and maybe he can make it happen at the senior bowl and, you know, work himself into the draft and work himself, you know, rise up a little bit. I, I don't know. So definitely a day three guy and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. The, the, the takeaway here, I mean, we're done with running backs now and obviously, you know, we know like, okay, these are, we're, these guys don't sound too excited about these running backs. Well, there's a reason for that, but it does pay to familiarize yourself with these players because again, we know opportunity is everything at the running back position. So if there's a, you know, a situation here where Ray Davis ends up as number two or something on a depth chart based on, you know, what, whatever happens coming out of camp, it's good to know kind of that this player might have enough to get by in a, in a role. So and I think he does. I think he's a player that belongs on an NFL roster. All right. One pick left One pick. for you to make. And you got a fun position yet to pick from. Yes, I still have a wide receiver to pick. Uh, I went, you know, full TikTok brain and I watched Ryan Flournoy's uh, <laughs> Southern, Southeastern Missouri State highlights. Uh, not inspired to pick him. Um, <laughs> so he does have mitts. They're, they're big hands. He's got the 10 inch hands. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tez Walker. Cause I feel like there's a conversation to be had, yep. uh, with Devon Tez Walker at the very least. He is a UNC wide receiver that, you know, there was some questions about his transfer eligibility. All that went down in the middle of this season. Seems like forever ago. <laughs> uh, and, it seems like Drake may was better with him on the field. Now you dive into the tape and it's not super inspiring. It's, you know, he's like a three route player. Uh, he's athletic. Uh, like there's just, it's not anything super, super jaw dropping. That being said, there are things to like with Tez Walker. And I think the athleticism is one. He's pretty good after the catch. He's got good hands. He's got, you know, good through contact. He's pretty good through contact and the three routes that he runs, they work. I tell you what. (laughs) So what I want to see is him at the senior bowl in all of these different situations that they're going to put him in, in these drills in a scrimmage where they ask him to do more than what he did at UNC. Uh, All of this is what I want to see from Tez Walker, and it's going to be put on display this weekend. Yeah, this was a weird one for me because this is a name that has started to appear in some cases in the end of first rounds in terms of mock drafts from like real mock draft folks. And so catches your eye because in a class like this, it's like, well, holy crap, we're going to put Tez Walker here like what's going on and then you watch him and it's exactly what you just said now the one thing I will say about Tez Walker is that I think this is that player that is a higher NFL pick than he is a fantasy pick because his number one asset is his speed I mean he is a burner and the three routes that you're referring to his best one is that nine ball when he is flying downfield and they would go. And it was like, it almost felt like over the course of the year, it was like, I think it was the Duke game, which is week 11, where it was like, 
just keep running that route. Yeah. Drake May is just going to keep throwing it, and you're just going to keep catching it and scoring. You know, or maybe it was uh, Miami. He, was, he had three touchdowns or something. It was one of the games where he had multiple touchdowns, and it was just all deep shots. So I think the, we know that the NFL covets speed. It's rare. The teams need it, and it's not always like production based. It's not always going to be like this is the number one fantasy wide receiver, but he's going to serve a role on an NFL team. And I think that's where this first round noise comes in. I, again, I, I don't see that at all. I have a third round grade on Tez Walker, but that is sort of my fantasy brain of saying like, how much can I rely on you to be a complete wide receiver? That's going to be getting, you know, targeted and getting, you know, consistent amounts of yards every single week. I don't know if Tez Walker is that player right now, but like you said, we're going to find out this week, you know, is there more to this player? Is this a product of the UNC scheme? I mean, like I said, it was like, just keep running deep and Drake May is just going to keep hitting it. Maybe there's more to this player than just that. I didn't find his routes, you know, that great when he was running other routes, but you never know. Maybe in this environment, something will, will awaken in Tez Walker, but Something else with Tez Walker is, like, you got to take into account he came into this team halfway through the season. Yeah. And it's hard to learn a full playbook when you get dropped in week six to a team with some expectations, you know, with a number one potential draft pick heading the, the offense. Like, you're having a lot asked of you. And so maybe they only tell them, like, Hey man, we're only gonna have you run, you know, eights and nines for the most part. Like we'll let you know. And him and Drake May got to work out timing through the season, and like there's all of these little things that go into uh, why is this the only thing that he's the only way he's being used? Why is this like only downfield stuff? And I mean, I feel like that he's a he's better than what he looked like on tape this year. Uh, and that's mostly just a feeling because like the Kent state stuff is similar, but it's also Kent state. And it's like, you know, the, there's questions. There's a lot of questions that could be cleared up on Saturday. Yep. Definitely. All right. I'll bring it home. And I'm not talking about a player. that's going to be a first round draft pick. Maybe, but I will talk about another tight end <laughs> because I have to pick one. What a segue. Um, I have two names, actually. One of them is the easy and obvious choice from this group, so I think I'll just do that, and it's Jaheim Bell because Jaheim Bell is just a player that has been around now for two years here, another Camp Dynasty legend, if you will, and a player that I just – you know, the conversation around Jaheim Bell is always just, what is he? What is he? Because now he comes in, measures. I mean, we're already talking about him being a tweener, and he's 6'3", 240. That's what he's listed at. Then the measurements come in today, and it kind of lines up more with what it feels like Jaheim Bell is, which is 6'1", 244. Yeah. So... 
weight side of things he's carrying you know even more weight than he's listed at and that's that's cool but the six one thing really stands out because he looks so small on film and then you find out man he's really small he's so almost six two yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i he's he's a playmaker i mean that's how he was always used i mean not it wasn't quite what we expected these last two years in terms of, you know, two years ago at South Carolina, it felt like the world was his, the offense, you know, could run through him as a runner, as a pass catcher. Didn't happen. Transfers to Florida State, high powered offense, all of that. And he had a fine year for Florida State, but nothing flashy, nothing like excellent, anything like that. So I'm just curious to find out what he looks like this week because I don't know what to expect in terms of his NFL role. I know the player has skill, but what does a team see him as? I know, you know, we threw out like a Chig Okonkwo sort of a vibe with him and, you know, he's smaller than Okonkwo even and Okonkwo was knocked for his size. But if you can use a player like this kind of in that fashion where it's more screen based, it's more of that sort of just get the ball in his hands and then work him down the field. That's what they do with Okonkwo. It's like these big shot plays and then some screen stuff. And he's not going to do a lot in between there, but we see Okonkwo has a role. Can Jaheim Bell have a similar, you know, role and skill set in the NFL? Maybe he can. So let's see what he can do this week. I have bad news. I'm out on Jaheim. I mean, we, we've, we've come a long way, you know, me and me and Jaheim. Uh, and I just don't see it. <laughs> I don't see how it's going to work at an NFL level in an NFL scheme. Um, I, consistently enough to be a fantasy asset. Like yeah. that, that's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, I'm trying and to gas him up, but I, I know, with you. I know. I'm just like, I I was a big Jaheim Bell supporter. Like I, I've been hyping him up. I had him pretty high last year. I had him in talks in the tight end episodes, both of them this year. And it's just like, I mean, now you're six one. <laughs> like <laughs> like we got to add this on. I'm trying to come up with all these excuses why you don't why you don't produce, and now you're also like a small guy. So like. It's it's tough. He's you think really he's going to play fullback in the NFL. Can uh, he play fullback in the NFL? Do he you think he can? Uh, how many teams are really trotting out a fullback? Like yep. three. So that that's that's where it's like, if a team wants to invest in a fullback, maybe. But I don't know. Um, if you're going to draft a fullback, draft Ben Sinnott. You know, like, why would we draft Gene Bell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the tight end you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I I mean, he has a ton of talent. He's really good at the ball in his hands. Um, but it's just it's hard to see a world where he's fantasy relevant. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's he's he's a fun player with a interesting skill set, which is just always you know fascinating to see. You know, could an NFL team use a player like this? But terms of a fantasy ceiling and projection it's really not a player to be super you know concerned with um just for the sake of argument i will throw out just a, 
another tight end name to keep an eye on this week, which is more of a real tight end player. Just Theo Johnson from Penn State, who's a player that sounds like a tight end. Yeah, he's we got the tight end name, we got the six six two sixty something build. I mean, he's he's a player that I watched before the year summer scouting wise, and like you know, it's nothing special or anything, but. He's a 260 plus pound man that can move down the field, and oh, he's so still 57. Everybody's smaller. What what is up with yeah, this? I don't but, know. Yeah. So Theo Johnson, if you want to look out for another real tight end, maybe look out for Theo Johnson. Uh, honorable mentions for me, I have Joe Milton. Can't quit Joe Milton. Your guy, uh, Michael Pratt, who's a quarterback. Uh, out of Tulane, I think, if I'm not making that up. No, that's right. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, who had the best catch I've ever seen hey. this year. Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son. Uh, Michael Hall is an edge rusher out of Ohio State that I kind of like. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the big one for me, Brendan Rice is an interesting player that I would like to dive in more film on. I think he had a good year, and I don't know that I – respected it so i'd like to see what he shows me on film and then see what he I can do this usc's week. scheme was really bad is lincoln riley washed i think that he uh, had a little bit too much cliff kingsbury in his ear i could see it it's the only thing that changed between two years ago and this year other that's than true good players coming in but let's get cliff you know, back to Jordan the nfl Madison. right yeah um, but yeah, outside of Brennan Rice, uh, pass. No, I. <laughs> Roman Wilson is interesting. Yeah, yeah let's uh, just keep saying wide receivers. <laughs> he's a he's a versatile wide receiver. Um, yeah, that's I think that's the last name that was on my list that I was like, ah, oh, this guy, you know, I'm gonna gonna tap in and see what's up. So yeah. Yeah, that's 20-ish names to keep an eye on at the Senior Bowl. That's that's a lot. So, um, You don't have to keep an eye on the running backs if it makes your life easier. Right. 16. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so keep your eyes on the wide receivers the, and the quarterbacks and the IDPs. That's what I would say. I think it's going to be a fun quarterback show with Michael Penix and maybe Bo Nix trying to get into this conversation that some folks already have him in. We'll find out. So that's interesting. We know the wide receivers extremely deep. That will be the star of the week. Plenty of clips will hit the timeline, I'm sure, of a lot of these guys doing some crazy things. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, like we said, IDPs, specifically guys like Latu, like Peyton Wilson, like Chris Braswell, like these players where these are legitimate, you know, high-end uh, defensive talents, and they should show that this week in this environment. So it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're in it just for, you know, NFL draft as well, you know, there's some fun offensive linemen there too to keep an eye on. It should be a really fun week. It's a really, really deep roster. So really excited to see how it unfolds. And we will be back next week to break that all down. Talk about what happened, who the risers were, what we saw, what we heard, and uh, put it all together, Colin, as we move further and further into draft season. 
Yep, plenty of pats on the back coming next week. <laughs> yeah, we gave ourselves enough opportunities. If we shoot like 35%, you know, that's pretty good. From Yeah, that's like four guys. Yeah. So here we Boom. go. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> if you enjoyed our expansive watch list for the Senior Bowl 2024, be sure to find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp dot dynasty and check out our youtube channel camp dynasty where video feeds of the pods go up every week you can get in touch with us on any of those platforms let us know who you're looking out for at the senior bowl let us know who you think we undersold oversold on this list we are always open to criticism and feedback because that's what the draft's all about isn't it baby that's right i i thrive off of hate we're not getting enough of it. Everybody's so supportive. I I know. It's, Everybody's like, need, hey, you guys are doing a great job. I like how you explain that. It's like, I, I, need, I need something to motivate me. Yeah, please. <laughs> well, if you did enjoy what you heard, also be sure to go and like, rate, review, subscribe, follow the pod feed. We very much appreciate that. So from this point, Colin, it is on to the Senior Bowl. Practices start tomorrow. Let's get locked and loaded, get on the timelines, just sit there refreshing all day. That's what I'll be doing. Hell Hell, yeah. Hell yeah, man. All right. Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.